This is the Straight Dope, episode 52. I'm going to answer some listener questions that I got because I've been away for a couple weeks and emails have started to pile up a little bit, and I'm also you know getting ready to go out again, so I want to answer a few, po- post a couple podcasts, and um, you know have a little fun doing this before I uh, hit the road again. So if you like this kind of stuff and it's of benefit to you and you want to help support it, go over to riflecraft.com and get a subscription. Right now it's the only way that... that that people are able to actually support the podcast. You get a shirt, you get a subscription, um, and you get the added benefit of features on the website, direct emails and targets and thoughts, training drills from me through your email. If you're a subscriber and you haven't got that, check your junk folder because they're out there. And you're also the first to see the new stuff that's coming out. And it just helps uh, support this by voting with your wallet and you know, month subscription is less than letting me shoot a magazine or your ammo. So, so it's really not that much, but it does go a very long way. So, thank you for that. Let's get back to this idea of skill sets. I, I I've got a list here of questions, and most of the questions come back to isolated skills. And you know, I realize that that not a lot of people want to work isolated skills, and they don't necessarily have applications that they're working towards. But there's some that are, and I'm kind of thinking that if you're listening to this then you're of the mindset of wanting to improve and wanting to get better. So that is the kind of niche group that I speak to, especially on this episode, because this is coming from subscribers or listeners that say, hey, I listen to this, and I have a more focused question. The way I think about just about everything is that in order to to accomplish something in the real world, you have to have a goal or a problem that you're trying to solve, right? Something that, that... is down the road that you're, you're, you're aiming at and you want to be able to do, but to solve that problem, to be able to get through it or accomplish that goal, you need to have a collection of skills. And those individual skills that you might need alone might not really do much or isolated, it might be difficult, but you use them together in concert in what I call abilities. Now, it might be different than how you use the term skill and ability, but I I see skills as the base off of which abilities pull from for you to do stuff. And you use different abilities based on the skills that you have, but skills alone won't really allow you to do very much, right? It's like, okay, if I could play a couple chords, that doesn't necessarily mean I can play a song. And so having the skills of playing chords when you string them together, now I'm talking about ability. So, you know, your guitar playing ability has something to do with chords and um, scales and all that. But if you just play a couple chords and a couple scales, that, that isn't necessarily, you know, music. It may have been music when you were learning to play guitar in high school or something like that. Or you listen to, you know, heavy metal when you just like attach a guitar pick to a electric drill and... But... Um, but abilities grow off of those skills that you have. So first, you got to work on the skills that lead towards growing ability, and then you find applications. And usually, you cluster abilities to accomplish things out in the world because you know we're not working in a vacuum. And so let's back up a little bit and say skills. Like skills, I think you want to do in isolation. And so you measure where you're at, where you need to be, and you chart a road. And that's usually pretty linear. And it's also pretty simple to train. You just have to have the time and the commitment, right? That takes discipline, habits, 
uh, takes um, some sort of a foundational period and, and some passion or at least some some focus on being able to get there. But skill development isn't all that complex other than uh, the, the human psychology aspect can be complex because you say, well, I don't really, I want to be good, but I don't really want to work on it. Okay, now, now that's actually a complicated discussion because you want something, but you don't want to do what it takes to get there. Uh, we got to figure out, you know, either how to redirect your 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 goals or redirect your attitude so that you can develop the discipline and the habits to be able to work towards that goal. Uh, but otherwise, skill development is usually pretty straightforward. You got to put in time, dedicated practice, and not practice the wrong stuff. Um, you know, when I talked to Phil and Kaylin years ago, you know, we were talking about land nav kind of stuff and, and, you know, just because that's something that I have a background in and in the field craft skills and, and so on and so forth. It's like, man, you know, you can get from point A to point B, but you can spend an awful lot of time getting there if your route or your path kind of winds around or goes in the wrong direction for a while. So, uh, just because you put in a lot of mileage doesn't necessarily mean that that mileage was focused on the right path. And so you want to be able to, to, to focus that. So usually writing it out for me helps. I like to doodle and draw little outlines and, and then talking to your friends and, or getting a coach or something like that. Now, when it comes to abilities, I think that the best thing, at least in the shooting world, is just going to competitions. Now, you might have outlets that are different than mine, but I almost think that, that it really doesn't matter. The more diverse outlets that you go to, the more it exposes weaknesses in that chain. So going to matches is the way to identify how the skills kind of come together and what is your level of competence at weaving those skills to solving those problems. Probably the coolest way to do it is just go to whatever match and see what happens and write it down and then do some sort of a post-mortem or an AAR afterwards. Really break down what went well, but also what fell apart. And don't say, well, the wind fucked me or the wind was this or it was, you know, it's like, no, try to own all that and try to own all of the little things that stacked up to point loss, time lost, and develop a way for you to work on it. I think that more than anything, when you post-mortem something, try to find ways to practice it dry fire. For example, when you've got all of your equipment and you got to manipulate it on the clock, that's what I think dry fire is probably the best for. I don't think that actually pulling the trigger and watching your reticle bounce or jump or like that does you much good. I think because you have to shoot under recoil in order to figure out what your recoil management, natural point of aim. I really don't think that you can become like a master at precision rifle. Uh, the actual shooting part, doing dry fire. I think that you could make massive gains doing dry fire, but I think that it comes up to the point where you pull the trigger is where you're going to benefit from doing dry fire. For example, put all your stuff on the ground and then set up a shooting position. Do that and then break it all back down and put it in a pile and then build it all back up and break, make a shooting position and break it all back down. You know, it's kind of like if you've ever been at something where, you know, you had your backpack or your ruck full of stuff and then you had to dump it out and then you had to pack it back up and then you had to dump it out and then you had to pack it all back up and it seemed monotonous. But the more you did stuff like that, the more efficient and faster and more familiar with your equipment that you got. Now, if that sounds terrible and it sounds like the last thing that you would ever want to do, uh, 
then question you know how much you really want to accomplish the goals because the familiarity of being able to manipulate your equipment without having to actually consciously think about it or hesitate becomes very very important the you know and 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 so going back a couple of weeks ago i was having a lot of uh, malfunctions and issues with my with my carbine and at the match you know i have the skill of being able to open up my rifle, take out the bolt carrier group, clear a, a round that's stuck in the chamber. I can, you know, swap my mags. I can do all of those mini skill sets. But do you have the ability to do it on the clock and get it running again before you time out? Right. That's what I think of as the difference between skills and abilities. And if you have skills, you need to string them into abilities and cluster them so that on the clock when something like that happens, your body knows what to do because you've done it a lot of times and you're able to get it running again and finish it rather than panic and slow down. And what, you know, it, your response under stress says a lot about the skills that you have, but also the abilities that, that, that reach out from those skills. And I, I, I've said that now a couple times here, but I think that that's very, very important. Most of that can be developed and trained doing dry fire. If you're going to build a position, build a position from scratch Take one shot and then break it all the way back down. Fold up your bipod legs. Fold up your tripod. Put it back in your pack. Take out your magazine. Like do take everything down to the bare minimum. Then rebuild it. So if you take five shots, you've built from scratch that position five individual times from scratch. And you think, well, God, that that would take me forever. Well, it might take longer but you're getting much more quality in those reps. And so, you know, just like when you see pistol people, you know, drawing from concealment and presenting and making sure they take a good shot and they're doing it and they're doing that over and over and over again, when it comes time for them to draw from concealment, they don't get caught up in their clothes and they're able to do what they need to do. But you don't really, you, you know, you, you really can't speak credibly to your skills um, beyond the basics and the basics aren't aren't really applicable in the real world. So you, you got to be able to do that. And then the knowledge that comes from that is very important because you know, and and, and when I mean knowledge, I'm not saying something that that um, you know is easy necessarily to verbalize, but it's a feeling that you know. Yes, I can do that, and and there's no question that I can do that, and I know it because I've developed confidence in repetition and confidence in stress and confidence in standards that have been established, that this is something that I'm at a sustainment level. I can continue to do this and perform this under any conditions. And that knowledge comes from the response of training those abilities in clusters. And the abilities that you train in clusters are isolated skill sets that you may have initially learned and developed in isolation, but then you weave them together and then you go to a match, which exposes you to stress and the stress response that you get um, it, it, it's different for everybody, but that exposes the kinks in the chain as you go down those steps in the ladder. So I kind of wrote out here stress, you know, and then and then uh, the next one down from that would be knowledge, and then the one from that would be the response that you give from training your abilities and clusters of isolated skill sets. So to make, a, I'm trying to tie together a few questions that to me seemed like a logical progression. Hopefully that makes sense. And then I have matches there, matches really being like, I don't care what the match is, you know, whether it's a silhouette NRA offhand match 
or a 22 match or, you know, I, I haven't been to pistol matches, but I think that anything that you go to, you can realize that there's kinks in the chain and you can take those back to a level of training a lot of it dry fire. And I'm not talking about getting, you know, manis systems and, and expensive doodads and gadgets. I'm talking about using the equipment that you have, but really break it down to the nothing and then build it up to, you know, how do I use it? And then if, and if you can't do that, maybe the equipment that you have is not good, or maybe you can do it with less, or you don't need all the fancy gadgets. You just build it up, break it, and you know what you're capable of. And then you imagine yourself in scenarios like it matches to say, like, how applicable and realistic would this be? And, um, and, and, and then you go from there, right? You ju- judge your performance based on the numbers that you've developed in training and then compare yourself to yourself, not to others at matches. And I know that's really hard to do. And everybody, you know, wants to do better than, than everybody. But the real metric that you need to compare yourself to is you and have fun. And the more you do it, the more discipline you develop the more habits you develop on training and then the more reflective that you can be and, and, and objective about your training goals and getting there because that discipline and those habits that you develop, I do think are really, really important and it allows you to continue that forward progress that some people don't necessarily um, continue because they're not quite sure, you know, I'm doing what I see and I hear and I keep going out, but everything's kind of stagnating and swirling around. And while it's fun, it's getting a little bit old because um, I'm not seeing the progress that I would have hoped and I see other people getting better and, and so on and so forth. And I think that if you just back down to those things uh, and reassess for yourself how those uh, skills, abilities, your response to that and whether you have the knowledge and 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 ability to deal with it under a stressful condition um, should allow you to kind of self-reflect into a way where you can train and scale your training towards those goals that you may have had. And then another one came out that, that kind of parallels all of this, but it's like, how do you, you know, harness that performance on a clock or at a match um, reliably? How do you know, like, hey, I train and train and train and I do all this stuff at a high level, but then how do you know you're going to be able to actually harness that and do it when it matters on the clock? That it to me, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? If 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 you go to matches, um, I kind of wrote here on the side like next to matches, be a, be a strike anywhere match. What I mean by that is, if if you go to match, like you should train to the point where your knowledge and your your knowledge of your abilities is such that there's just no way you won't perform up to a particular standard. Now, you might have a good day and perform a little bit better, but the odds of you performing worse are very, very slim because you always perform there. If I have to do this, no, I'm going to be able to do that for sure. Like, uh, And that, that knowledge and that ability uh, dictates your performance, and your performance won't swing up, swing down, swing up, swing down, because if, if your performance is wildly swinging, Every single match, up, down, up, down. But and I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, I normally shoot eighty percent, and I, sh- I shot eighty four, and then I shot seventy eight, and then I shot eighty four, and then I shot seventy five. You know, because you know, realistically, if the wind is is totally crazy and it's switching directions like massively, um, everybody's hit percentage might be swinging, uh, you know, ten percent because you're shooting smaller targets than your calibers can keep up with, and the 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 gusts and so on and so forth. I mean, I get that, but but 
um, if you're like, well, I got you know top ten here and top fifty here and top ten here and top fifty here and then top twenty, like there's something that's not right. You got to identify that and isolate it. You want to have your performance such that you know any day, any time, no matter what, there is a level that you know you will perform at. And that's kind of where your expectations should be set. Not, well, some days I do 90, but most of the time I'm at 84. Like, okay, set your expectation at 84. If you do 90, that's awesome. But if your average performance is 84, that's where you go into, and that's where you set your level of of expectation. How do you know that? You do it by training, and you do it by measuring, and you do your building breaks, and you do your craft drills. You do your wind reading, and you say, okay, you know, I I can read wind to three miles an hour. I can shoot a one inch group. So that target is six tenths. That means that I've got plenty of wind budget, plenty of shooting budget. There's no way I'm going to miss that target. You shoot it, you hit it, you move on, right? If you're shooting targets that are three tenths and you shoot one inch and the wind, you know, and your wind reading ability is four miles an hour, right? Now, now it's like, well, you know, there's a pretty good chance you're going to miss it if you do everything right. And so you know, God, that target's small. I may or may not be able to get the feedback I need to continue, but then I'm going to move to a bigger target, and I'm going to shoot that, and I'll probably hit that. So on this, you know, on this stage, my realistic expectations are probably a 60 or 70%. So you set those expectations right off the bat. Like, if you know, maybe I'll clean it, maybe I won't. If I don't, these are the targets that you know, is a statistical chance of hitting versus you know, I'm pretty sure my confidence and ability and knowledge says that that I will hit those uh, targets because it's within my ability and the left and right limits of my shooting and and it doesn't involve gambling and so on and so forth so uh, if, if that makes sense to you that's awesome that's the way I think about it and your performance should be you know kind of wavering around a constant and how much that wavers around the constant has to do with you know, whether you know the variables and you're, you're charting it or mapping it, or maybe you're trying things that are just too hard for you. And, and that's cool. That's fun. It's hard for me to stay motivated doing things that don't have, you know, a pretty high fun and a reasonable success rate. You know, if I'm not around 80%, I'm not usually having the most fun. Uh, but you know, sometimes you got to go, uh, get your butt kicked and pay the man a little bit. So doing that over and over and over and over again, isn't the world's greatest time for me. I can do it. I've done it, but I prefer to go somewhere where it's kind of in that 80% sweet spot where I'm having success and I'm having struggle. That struggle helps me motivate. Uh, without struggle, I don't motivate very well either. So I don't want a lot of success. I want just enough and I want to have just enough struggle so that I can develop the discipline and the habits to reflect back on the skills, abilities, and my response to keep pushing my numbers upward. And hopefully you can do the same thing. This is kind of a short episode, but I really wanted to go back to that performance assessment that you can do on yourself and you can self-reflect. But um, think about that. What are the skills that you have? And are you lacking any skills? Can you go learn those skills? But those skills don't necessarily mean that you're highly functional until you weave them and tie them together into those abilities. I think somebody that if you don't follow... Even if you're not a pistol shooter, somebody who's really good at weaving together skills into abilities and trying to get you to think about that is a guy, uh, Mike, On he goes by uh, Knockout Lights on Instagram, and 
his Instagram really focuses back on, you know, their skills and their abilities, but how you think about those is very important. And so I think that his discussions on pistol stuff, you could easily translate into rifle stuff. And it's worth thinking about because the skillability threshold there uh, is vital to growth and importance and also being responsible and thinking realistically about what we're actually going to do because there's so much unrealistic garbage that's out there we're exposed to. Sometimes it it's confusing. Sometimes it, it kind of leads you down the wrong path. Like, oh, maybe I need that product or maybe I need to do this or maybe I need to do that. It leads you away from the fact that most of us don't need more stuff. We don't need to test things. What we need to do is spend our time and money on ammunition going to the range or time dry firing and thinking about what is it that I in particular struggle at And you figure that out by doing the AARs or the postmortems on your performance at matches or things where you were stressed or pushed such that your response exposed weaknesses in your abilities and your abilities maybe showed that you need to add some skills to your um, tool belt. So... Uh, that is it. Now, when it comes to making goals, I don't know what your goals are. For me, I pick kind of long range and medium range goals so that, you know, my long range goals are the big ones that get me excited to think about. But along the way, I say, okay, well, I want to do this and this and this because it's leading in that direction. And right now I'm kind of in a medium range. I don't have my, my big long range ones are still far enough out that I just kind of have these cider goals where I'm kind of going to things to kind of assess my skill set, my current weaknesses, and uh, reorient, but make sure that I'm not losing track of the things that I have to be able to do, uh, at least in small doses. And so right now I just have kind of medium and short-term goals that are just kind of keeping me pointed towards my bigger long-term ones. But the Steel Safari happened and the Burris Team Challenge uh, just happened, which are really fun. And then coming up are going to be some more hunters. I'm going to go to a guardian. I'm going to do uh, a couple PRS matches and then hopefully some more team matches in the fall. But this year is pretty much just these medium kind of sustainment events while we grow the unconventional skill assessment. I talked about that on the podcast that that I just launched earlier, but those, those unconventional skill assessments are really exciting to me. And uh, Frank and I are putting a lot of time and effort into growing and developing that and trying to have those metrics where we could say this really is raising bars for people quantitatively. And so as long as we're seeing growth and statistically significant push on the number of people that are coming in and actually growing in a measurable way, not just fun, because you know there's enough stuff that's fun, there's enough stuff that's general, but really to say like these people came and they left better, and we can measure that, and we can show that they're getting closer to their particular goals, and then try to adapt that. You know, not only to my goals but other people's goals. That that's kind of what's what's mapped out here for the rest of the year. So maybe you know another eight or nine matches, and then hopefully some more assessment courses, and and then uh, helping the people that I'm coaching. Uh, get closer to their goals. I'm excited to track those guys. And there's a couple ones that are going to kind of come onto the scene um, just crushing life pretty soon here. So um, really excited about that because they're super motivated in a way that uh, you kind of have to be to, to, to do the work that they're putting in. And um, that's pretty exciting too. Uh, 
I've been testing out some scopes, and and some people have been hitting me up like, "Hey, I saw you mention this, but then didn't hear anything for a while." And and when I when I test gear, well, I was testing it all mostly for Assassin's Way, and that fell apart. So I just kind of let it go because it was more personal. But um, I've I've been testing gear, but I like to have a massive amount of of mileage on it, and I also like to figure out kind of what their limits are. And so and I don't particularly feel like it's a responsible thing to say like I really like this but you know I broke it testing it because then people hear oh you broke it it's like man you could break anything so there's really nothing out there that you can't break and you don't want to irresponsibly break it like some people pointed out like oh you know they blew this shit up with tannerite or they drug it behind their car until it broke it's like okay that's stupid but um I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. I just try to figure out what it's left and right limits. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, I, I compete with Night Force and I compete with Loophole, but I've been competing recently with the, um, with the new Zeiss, the 525. I've got one of those over at Mile High. And at first I was kind of quiet about it because I, I hadn't used a Zeiss and I hadn't used uh, that. But, but the, more and more, the more I use it, the more uh, I really, really like that 525 that they have. And I heard that they're coming out with a couple new scopes and I'm excited to be able to at least look through those. Now, I've been uh, messed around with the AccuFire scope and the AccuFire digital spotter, and I've been really impressed with those also. And they're, they're like, in terms of, um, you know, how much money they cost, they're much cheaper than some of these other scopes. But, man, they're, they're really, I think manufacturing standards are just going up to the point where now a lot of equipment is really just kicking ass, and it's cool to see some of that stuff coming out and being like, wow, I really can't find a flaw with this. Um, and people point out price point differences, but I, you know, I don't think that's a flaw because there's plenty of very expensive equipment that's dog shit. And, you know, the, the old mentality of, well, you know, you got to pay for, you pay for this quality thing. And so then people just made things more expensive, but it's still garbage. Um, these scopes that I've been testing recently, I haven't really seen any that I haven't liked or any that haven't tracked well, um, but I think that also just comes with the fact that if I'm going to get something to test, usually somebody else vouches for it first because I don't want to go out of my way or spend money. And I hate spending money on stuff that I'm going to break or not like. So um, I've been seeing a lot of really cool products. And maybe I'll put together a list or a topic uh, to discuss. But some of it is totally biased because there's some things that I just use a particular brand because I like them and maybe there is other good stuff, but you know, I just, there's some brands that I just like and I just use them no matter what. Uh, so, um, because I'm not paid by anybody, uh, to, to talk about their products, you know, I just kind of share my opinion. And sometimes my opinion is I would rather work on skills than, um, go through and figure out which something or other is the best because usually if I find something that I like, I just stick with that and 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 run it so that we can work on moving forward rather than just circling, you know, this vortex of, or not, I shouldn't say vortex because that's a brand, but, you know, you kind of circle the drain of getting stuck rather than moving forward. And, and, um, and I don't like that. Right, I like to be able to like work towards a goal and say, like, if this works, great. I, I don't even want to worry about anything else. I'm going to use it. Let's keep going. But if something breaks, when I'm using it, you know, I may pause for a second and try to look for maybe a better option. 
Otherwise, you just accept that most everything that we use is disposable to a certain extent, and you know you get another one or get something different, and then keep your eyes focused on the goal. Right, the goal is the goal, and nothing else should get in the way of that. So, map out your skills, test your abilities, chart and and kind of orient your response to that. Right? Develop that knowledge and trust and confidence in your abilities and then stress it at matches or on a hunt or whatever your particular application might be. Right? I usually just default back to competitions, but a lot of you may not actually go to competitions but have other outlets. Um, do that and you'll grow you'll get better. All right. Till next time.